Hello and welcome to the Rugby Coach Weekly Podcast. My name is Lisa Bird Burgess and with me for the podcast, I'm very pleased to welcome my dear friend, Al J. Lewis, who, who runs the Junior Girls Academy at Hartbury College and is also a senior coach for the Tyrrells Premiership team. Welcome, LJ. How are you doing? Hi, Bird. Yeah, I'm good, thanks. How are you? Really well, thanks. Um, so it's great to have you on the pod- podcast today, LJ. And um, thanks. Uh, I know you've got your little one. Your husband's looking after Patrick. So um, what yeah. I, I just want you to um, kind of give us a brief overview of your coaching career, um, just telling us really how you got into coaching, um, what level you're at and what yeah. really inspired you to kind of follow that that role. <clears throat> Okay, um, so I suppose I started coaching when I was 16, um, but doing, uh, just working on a local summer camp um, in my in my local area, which is Loughborough, um, mm-hmm. which you know very well, Bird. I do indeed. Um, <laughs> yeah, so uh, yeah, so I started working there for my local council, coaching kids in the summer, and just absolutely loved seeing like the kids enjoying working with us playing loads of different sports and I think from that moment on I thought you know what this is really exciting and I, I really would love to be a coach so so um, it wasn't it wasn't necessarily you weren't necessarily coaching rugby then you were just actually involved in just coaching no. right okay that's, that's that's good so you started just yeah no it was a uh, total multi-sports uh, we did everything from rugby to football to tennis to like dance we even had to do dance which was funny so yeah it was everything uh but (laughs) yeah talk dance well I used to do Irish dancing birds so uh, I do know how to move (laughs) (laughs) that's impressive Um, (laughs) so yeah so during that period I I was also picking what degree I wanted to do Mm -hmm. and um I found a degree at that point obviously it was a long time ago now and it was quite a new thing to want to to become a coach as a career, you know, you didn't really hear of that. Yeah. Um, but I found a degree at Sheffield Hallam that was sports coach or sports development with coaching. And I'll always remember the first day of that degree route. And uh, our lecturer said to us, you know, put your hand up if you want to be a coach, put your hand up if you want to be a, a sports development officer and, and all that kind of stuff. And I, I was one of the very few that said I wanted to be a coach. And I'll never forget them saying, well, you know, out of all of you, probably being a coach will be the hardest job to find because there really isn't there really isn't any jobs. You know, it's not a profession. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but I suppose. And that was that a mixed course, so there was um, males and females yeah. on that course, right? Okay. Yeah, totally mixed. Um, and also at that period, so obviously during underlying all this, I was playing all my rugby at Loughborough as well. So I started playing rugby. Um, I was just just 17 when I started playing playing the sport and my coach my very first ever coach well the girls I played with were obviously a massive inspiration because back then you could start playing senior rugby um before you were 18 uh which I know is obviously a new rule and let's come in but you know there was no there was absolutely no you didn't need dispensation nothing like that you just you know just rocked up and played mm. and uh the girls were amazing such lovely you know they're all a bit older than me I was quite young um, but they're really lovely, and also my coach at the time, um, Babbage, is a an old Loughborough boy, and he he really inspired me because he just loved the game. You know, he would play for the club on a Saturday, be there on a Saturday night, and then on a Sunday morning have an absolute hang like dying of a hangover, but be there for us no matter where we went to play. Um, every Wednesday night he coached us, so he would go to his own training Tuesday, Thursday, and be there on a Wednesday and 
you know, like when you so think he, about he it. he kind of inspired you as well to become a coach in that role as well. Yeah, massively. Just just because of how much he loved the game and how how he kind of put it across to me. And, you know, when you see someone with passion, you know, you see it in different walks of life and you think, mm. wow, I'd love to be like that about something. Um, so I suppose those kind of things were happening in my younger years. And that I suppose without realising it, they, they probably did shape a little bit of where I am now and why I'm doing what I do now. Um, and what so actually, anyway, sorry, what, what level are you at the moment, LJ? So what level coaching? Uh, so I'm just finishing up my level four. So I'm just writing my long-term assignment as we speak. Um, it's been a, a long old process because I, I started my level four just after having my little boy um, and coming back to work full-time. So six months back at work. Wow. And then started my level four. So it's been a an exciting process, but pretty stressful at times. So um, could you could you just explain to people that maybe don't know what level four is? So what what kind of what kind of things did you have you learned on that course, and did you need to do? Um, it's quite academic, so you have to write. I think we have six assignments. So we uh, leadership and management, psychology, skill acquisition, mm-hmm. um, a planning assignment. England, you know, you have to put yourself as the England coach for a day or for a, a period of time. We have to do a planning assignment for that. And then a big long-term assignment, which is a bit like a, a dissertation, really, on an area that you want to explore. Um, and it's about an 18-month process. So wow. we're, we're almost at the end of that. And the group I, the group I've gone through with are really lovely people. And, again, their stories are really interesting. Everybody's got a very different background. And, and why they're at now is so different to... Well, no one has got a very similar story. They're all, all very different, which makes it quite inspiring as well. So, And do you see, yeah. are there many women on that course, LJ? Were there many um, female coaches with you? Yeah, so the, there's quite a few of us on there at the minute. Um, so there's uh, Vicky McQueen, um, there's Rocky Clark, Cat Merchant, there's Lou and... Yeah, we we were quite a big intake, I think, for this year in comparison to years gone by. I think the year before, I think Joe Yap and Susie Appleby were on it. Um, so what, what, I'm, really what I'm trying to see is you're seeing more women now uh, being able to get those coaching qualifications at the higher end of the game, which is which is great to see. And um, yeah. with what what kind of if you had a batting order now of um, things that a coach new to rugby needed to learn, what would your top five um, words of advice be to that new coach? Um, I think the first and foremost is um, know yourself. So have really strong underpinning values and what you believe in. You know, that can be from a how you like the game, how you want the game to be played, which will always keep evolving. You know, that's never going to be the same from when you start coaching to, you know, 10 years down the line, 20 years down the line, that will keep evolving. But you still need to have an understanding of that, but yeah. also an understanding of what's really important to you as a person because you are dealing with people. So then when you start dealing with people, you'll realise how important it is to know how to deal with people. Um, <laughs> so I suppose that's one and two. Yeah. Um, I think number three is find like find a part of the game that you're really passionate about and learn as much about that as you can and be as creative about that as you can because you need to have an understanding of the game but I think because the game's so vast, to be able to be I said, expert, maybe is not a great word, but that kind of 
kind of area being an expert in everything is going to be really impossible which is why you have a coaching team but to have a real passion understanding um knowledge um of one particular area is really important so yeah if you're passionate about it you'll want to learn more about that mm-hmm. um this is I great mean, advice really, thanks <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh yeah and i suppose let know how to uh how to get that message across would be another part. So, so people's skills come across quite um, quite highly in your recommendations as well as yeah, in all of the game. Massively, I think a lot of your time, depending on who you're coaching, mm. um, you know, everyone has their own. Well, everyone has a private life going on, and they will bring that to whatever kind of environment you have. Yeah. And it'll be about you being able to help them let go of that and totally emerge themselves in what you're trying to get across to them and if you can't do that they're never going to understand what you're trying to say and that can be from kids you know kids will come with their own agenda at a point to adults who will have an obviously a very different kind of uh, agenda on their minds so yeah so um with regards to that i mean culture is a massive thing and um how how do you develop um a thing like the environment and culture and i know you've worked hard with the juniors at Hartbury with regards to that and the seniors you know what what kind of things do you need to take into account when you're developing a culture you know what works what doesn't um so i suppose the first thing is well what what's your purpose what's your vision what's your plan as a as a club um, so if you're new coming in, you need to understand that you need to understand where they've come from, because that'll give you an idea of what's going on, you know, in the wider, the wider environment. You also need to understand the people that you're working with. Um, I mean, what I mean by that is the coaches, support staff. Um, if you're in a club set up, the wider, the wider club, so committee, that kind of thing. I think then once you've got an idea of that, you can then, you then need to find out what the actual players like what do they want you know they're all going to have different um and then I think from there you can start uh putting an imprint of what a culture looks like for that environment I think the mistake people try and make is that they'll they they read books they look at uh they look at other cultures like current cultures current teams and they think oh that's that's the culture that's culture that's what culture means well it only works for them because that's their purpose and that's what those people in that environment all want to strive for you try to to another one and uh they don't want to work for that and then all of a sudden that culture is not actually going to work for you yeah so it's really important i know gloucester heartbreak men's team they've they've got their they use a mantra you know play to inspire are there any um kind of mantras you you take with your coaching career that you use um i think well i don't i don't have my own personal mantra i suppose again it's very much driven by the people so um i know the piece of work that we've done you know me you susie at gloucester heartbreak the last couple of seasons have tried to be a bit around pride um and getting the girls to and and then also so because we're we're anonymously with our two areas so we've got our pride but also our um acorns to oak so almost about trying to help people grow and develop that's kind of our our culture um we have a a, you know a transient uh, population because we have 
the the heartbreak element, which is students. So we naturally see players coming and going. And for us, I suppose, a massive thing alongside wanting to be competitive and making top four and and ultimately trying to win. I think Mm. we're also about making people that leave, you know, they leave being better. So wherever else they go, they have a lot to take and, and, and give to that next environment. Yeah. So it's not just about them as a rugby player, it's them as a person, that holistic approach, which yeah. is great. And um, kind of moving on with the with the junior culture now yeah. as well and the junior players. Um, do you think there's a vastly different approach to teaching skills to young players, um, the more experienced players, like especially when you're talking in terms of introducing new techniques? Um, if I, I suppose I can only go on the environment I've been in because uh, that's been my biggest yeah. uh, contact with, I suppose, that junior so they're 16 to 18 um I think my approach to teaching anybody is probably very very similar um I I like to see what how they what they already do how they do it and then go from there so naturally the juniors will come in and especially now because girls are playing rugby younger and younger the majority of them have had contact with the game you know very few are coming in and not had any contact with the game so they'll already come in with some idea of how they want to play and because of the environment I'm in and you know we are looking for either a player with athletic potential or a rugby player that's already coming through um they come with quite a a structured idea of well this is you know I because I'm naturally one of the best in my environment, I only do this. So I spend a lot of time trying to get them to look at every part of the game and why maybe understanding just because you're really good at carrying, actually being able to distribute or being able to offload or just because you like having ball in hand while being able to tackle or have an impact to the breakdown, um, you know, all those kind of things are just as important. So I suppose because of the environment my juniors have come from and come to, I like to kind of figure them out first and then from there have to open. I suppose they're very much heads down, like heads down in their phone, that kind of analogy, and I've got to bring them up and open yeah. to the world <laughs> to see yeah. everything and why maybe you can have a super strength, but understanding of everything will be really good for you as a, an overall player. Um, and I suppose we have that approach with our seniors, Um but with our seniors, we are in a weekly league. So there does become then a little bit more about getting them to play within our a structure rather than having that yeah. whole much more like trying to be, um, I suppose, more with the juniors, a bit more of a holistic approach. So I can take a bit longer with them, which is why when the juniors come okay. through to us, they, they probably, you know, then they, then they fit into our structure. So that makes sense Mm. yeah of course it does that's a really great breakdown there and then when you're working with um obviously you've got um a real cross-section of abilities you know you've got full internationals to club players to junior players who've just turned 18 at Hartbury how do you organize training to cater for all those abilities so if you're just you know if you're a club coach and you've got that cross-section how would you go about are there any tips you could offer club coaches who are maybe running a program um, where they've got that cross-section of abilities yeah um 
we've played around with a lot of ideas, haven't we, within our senior team? <laughs> we <Yeah>. certainly have. <laughs> um, so we have the luxury of running, you know, we have a, a first team and an A team. So we've gone down the, we've kind of, I suppose, naturally got to the root of, we have we have squads. So we'll have a Tuesday night training, which is um, a first team and an A team squad. And then um, after Tuesday night, there may be some movement based on how someone's performed. Um, and then Thursday night, again, those players will train in that first team, A team squad. Um, and that's that's one way we've can't we do it. Um, I suppose if we haven't got the pressure of a of a you know the 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 season of working in uh, in and around games, we've gone down the route of doing mm-hmm. um, positional groupings. So. <clears throat> we have mixed them up, but we've mixed them up into, you know, front five, mid five, back five, or even more specific front row, second row, back row, etc. Um or we So you can kind of work in smaller groups to get those points across to those yeah. players. And do you do you use do you use the more senior players as well to um do you find that helps peer peer teaching as yeah, well so to get points in that type of thing, if you're splitting out into maybe more unit stuff or even position specific and you want and you mix the ability up yes there is definitely a, a place for that um but then we mm-hmm. also go the other way of we might completely mix our players up based on the ability that we we feel they're at as their coaches so we may put um a group together that needs a lot more um a lot more of a broken down uh, and a slow i suppose a slower um what's the word when we're doing the skills it needs to be a little bit slower so they've got time to to pick it up and and see the space let's say rather than everything's a lot quicker and more frantic which is what we would probably do to our our more elite players so we, we, so you can actually so you've actually put them in different environments yeah. so they can you can actually break down and chat about the actual skill yeah. and how it's performed rather to you know the understanding of that and okay you put them in a more game situation where it's more fast-paced yeah. So I suppose the answer is we've we've experimented with everything, and I think when you've got the pressure of week to week games, having the, the the squad is the two squads is a really good idea, and um, pushing player the way to push push players is to move them between the two squads, um, and then away from that kind of week to week game. Let's say you've got a block of uh, of no games in the season or a preseason, um, <clears throat> we we've done the two kind of approaches the one way we'll go right down to the, the position specific and we'll have them all mixed in together or we'll go the other way mm-hmm. where we might mix the abilities out um so that we can actually work them appropriately to the to the their ability level at that time yeah and i suppose i suppose as well as that you have to take into consideration how many coaches you've yeah, got available yeah. as well at the appropriate yeah levels. definitely yeah. developing that Okay, so thanks for that. And um, if you go more specifically now, because um, I know one of your passions is is set piece as well, yeah. um, especially the scrum. And um, just if you're looking at set piece drills when you're working with individuals and small groups of players, could you give us some examples of some drills that you could do to really develop their personal skills that are personal favourites of yours yeah. and explain the reasons behind those drills? Um, so a lot well, I suppose it all goes back to my my values and my philosophy as a coach. Um, I spend a lot of time or have spent a lot of time developing the individual and their individual shape because I believe that, and especially, uh, again, in our environment, even though we're, we're pushing towards a professional setup, you know, player availability will be very much dependent on if they have a job, if they have family, if they've got stuck, 
because they've traveled an hour and a half and something's happened you know what if they're not there at that session so you can't always rely on having eight players or 16 forwards to go eight on eight so a lot of the stuff we do is very much about developing the individual um focus on their body shape you know if they can't hold their own body shape or they can't get to shape quick enough so so if Sorry to interrupt you there. So if you're talking body shape, just for, again, to a coach coming into the game, what, what do you actually mean by that? What would be the qualities you're looking um, for? So, well, first of all, do they know what a good body shape feels like? Because if they can feel it, they'll be able to get back to it quicker. So teach them about how to find their, well, how to find their core, how to get their, 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 their spine in line, where they need to have their knees, where they need to have their feet, um, and then what that feels like in motion, what that feels like with pressure on them, um, also recording it. And, and I know you love you love adding um, with the recording as well, but you also um, you use a lot of bands yeah. don't you, from the gym. So I would really only help. bring the bands in once they've found out where their sh- what their shape feels like. So um, if I'm working with a complete um, novice or let's say a transitioning player, maybe from the backs, which happens quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, I'd spend a lot of time getting them used to, you know, what their shape feels like. I might get them um, like thinking outside the box using rugby balls or using um, some of the like the sausage rolls, like moving or even one of the big Swiss balls, you know, the physio balls, getting them working on them. Yeah. Then I'd probably start bringing in bands in because the bands then start taking them out of shape. So they've got to stay in shape. Um, then you can start bringing in other mm-hmm. pressures, so other players. So you might want to start working in like your triangles, so two or two on one, um, that kind of thing. And then from that, you can then start getting them to work in pairs. So it might be that you start then working with your loose head and your hooker. How can they work together? Or your second rows, how do they work together? Um, that kind of thing. So I've kind of rushed through it. It sounds like a long process, but we could spend a whole well, – we still, we still spend time, even with our elite players, even with our England girls, spend a lot of time just on their individual body shape, um, lots of different kind of pressures, making sure that they've got good, their, their bind, what do their binds look like under pressure. Um, so, yeah, we, we spend a lot of time on the individual, which obviously works well in our environment if you turn up and only five of your forwards have been able to make the session, which happens still um, quite regularly. So if you've not got the luxury of the complete professional environment where you know who's got to be there because they have to be, it's their job, that kind of helps you, Mm. helps you. And you alluded to the fact, you know, saying you record the sessions. I mean, most people now have got their yeah. phones, so iPhones, and that that's a great resource to have. And lots of players are visual learners. And so explaining and, and, and as you said, getting them to feel what the correct position should be, actually being able to wash themselves back then is is a great aid. Do, do you use yeah, that? Yeah, so the, well? girls are like, the girls like to do that. Um, they like to use their phones, record. And then even if one of their mates looks at it, which happens a lot. So the, the girls are like peer coaching. That's a really good way of, of getting that across. And then also um, what I've also found is that say a player's watched another player and they're recording at the same time. Then they give them feedback. When they have a go, they get that bit right because they've seen it, they've coached it, and then they have to feel it. Um, so they get the whole kind of Brilliant. holistic approach. 
that's 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 great and that's really good advice there for some co- new coaches as well into the game um so for you personally how do you ensure that you keep up with new techniques mm. and progress uh, as a coach in terms of your own development you know what tips can you offer coaches for actually keeping up with the pace of things um i think the best bit of advice i can give you is talk to everybody and anybody watch obviously watch the game watching the game is really important because um you get to see you get to see new things whether it's southern hemisphere or northern hemisphere type rugby watch the game but not just Mm. the the game that you can access on tv you know try and get down to you know watch local rugby you know go watch the game that's the best bit of advice the other bit is talk to people um you need to try and Mm. find I suppose the word mentor might feel a bit official for some people, but, you know, find someone that you you can connect with um, so you find that you can talk to them and you can maybe go and see them and watch them or you can maybe bounce ideas off. You can ring them up and say, I was watching this game and I saw this kind of thing. What do you think? And then from there, that will escalate a conversation and then all of a sudden you've gone in your head, you'll be like, oh, actually, I could go and try that with my players. Um I, so I suppose informal, yeah. informal learning. So the biggest bit of learning, mm. I suppose, I find works for me is just talking to people, seeing something, and then asking a question, and then all of a sudden that you know snowball a conversation. Um, yeah. And and what about resources online, LJ, and things like that? Um, do you, do you look online um, a lot? Or? I do. So sometimes, you know, you can go onto YouTube and let's say you put in a topic, you know, let's say put in tackle or defense shape and things will come up. And sometimes you might see little nuggets that way. But I think personally for me, I like to talk to people because um, (laughs) it's going to go back to my, I suppose my, my values is getting to know the person. If I understand the person and hear their story, I probably understand where they're coming from better and then that might sit with me as a coach and then I'll be able to run with that and make that my own um, rather than sometimes watching something. Like It does help and it gives you, I suppose, a drill. But if I don't really understand what mm. they're trying to get across, do I feel comfortable putting that across to my players? Pro- probably Excellent. Not. Probably not. Yeah, and that... Yeah, and that- and that was that's the great point I was trying to get across that it's really important to do that the understanding of yeah. it and the reasons why behind it and that comes yeah. from talking to people and trying it out as well isn't it with your parents yeah that's that's really good advice there um so going back to the women's game as a whole now I mean it's growing now at such a pace I mean you know we've got seeing this season uh, you know this introduction of the um, super series now um uh, with England going across to play against Canada New Zealand France and America yeah. which is really exciting this summer um do you you know the game the game is growing at such a pace do you, do you think we're um playing now the right source of competitions to improve players in the women's um, game I think our club system here now having the massive uh overhaul in the last couple of seasons has been immense I don't know you know if any anyone listening has been able to see any of the TP15's games they now um you can access them by and that's a Tyrrell's Premiership yeah Tyrrell's Premier yeah, 15 um you can access online you can access um through Sky that the, the footage is is out there you're able to see it but the game has accelerated so much um you know obviously for you and myself working Mm. in that premiership some of the games we've been there as coaches but we've both turned said and if you were here just watching this is a great like we've seen some great games of rugby um 
so yeah that competition is really important and I personally think the way forward <clears throat> I mean obviously I'm only speaking from an English point of view but the way forward I, I do believe is making the game as professional as possible because the better the, the masses are the yeah. better our top end will be um so we spend a lot of time not only working with our elite girls but we spend a lot of time working with the layers underneath making them better because if they can't lift or if they can't hold their body shape let's say my England hooker she's not going to look very good then is she because they can't make their lift or they can't hold their shape in the scrum as a prop so I think that is really, really important to grow the top end of the game, which I, I do think the Tyrrell's Premier 15 is what it's trying to achieve. You know, the RFU have put a huge investment into that. And I suppose that that is what now you're yeah. starting to see. Um, I suppose the next layer under that now is helping the, the leagues underneath grow and being able to, a bit like the men's game, when that turned professional, like champ, the championship still has a massive difference in the way it plays to the premiership. So we now, as a women's game, need to try and ensure that the leagues underneath start growing. So having a good pathway, having a good player pathway um, for juniors is how yeah. you will achieve that. So um, centre of excellence, for example, what will they start evolving into, which are all based out of the, the TP15's clubs. And, it, um, and, and what does a centre of excellence what does that mean? Um, what would that so involve? at the minute, they, they look very different depending on the club that you're at. Um, but the premise of them is that uh, players will, or junior players will go to county rugby. They'll get nominated from county rugby and then they will attend their, their most local centre of excellence. Um, and they will pick up um, you know, quality input. They'll get they'll get um, not only on-field but off-field, so S&C, which is obviously hugely important with it being a collision game. Um, also that education around whether it's nutrition so how do I fuel myself but also lifestyle planning um how how do I plan my life so that I can not only achieve things away from rugby but also achieve some good things with rugby um so a bit more of a an on-field and off-field approach but the idea of that is that players are getting input regularly of the right standard and then Mm -hmm. you know hopefully (laughs) Hopefully some of them go on to play for either your TP15's clubs or for England or whoever, um, depending on what happens. But, um, <laughs> yeah, they end up playing for, for their country. And then, um, obviously, naturally, if they're, if they're a big – if they've got a big pool of players, not all of them are going to be able to do that. But the idea would be then, well, those players are still quality and they will go to other clubs and breed quality – that way as well so yeah um that's probably the next challenge for the game is how do we make the top end professional but keep the bottom end um still you know still progressing as well yeah still developing yeah and how about you then what's next for you in your coaching journey I know you're you're sadly leaving Gloucester Heartbreak um it'd be a huge loss to everybody there but how exciting in terms of what's next for you so could you let us into a peep maybe of what your Um, next aspirations and goals are massively would love to win (laughs) win the uh win the premiership um obviously before it became TP15s I was with Bristol um and now, obviously, we've lost to Hartbury and never quite made it. Made top four with both teams, but never never won it. So that would still be a great achievement. Um, I really love that. 
Um, I'd really love to. I've, I have coached in the boys and the men's game before, and I'd love to go back into trying to do a bit of that. So, with a, as you say, with moving moving on and with a bit of a lifestyle change and a, and a family move, I think that will become possible again. Um, and yeah, we'll kind of from there see where that leads. I suppose if you're asking me, or do you want to know, or have I got any other goals? Um, <laughs> yeah of course we do um, I'd, love, I'd love to work what, I'd love to work in, the, in a men's academy so a bo- like a boys academy um I suppose the closest I've got to it is my current role mm-hmm. I've tried to run the, the girls academy at Hartbury as professionally as possible and I'd like to think some of the the amazing players that I've had the opportunity to work with and that have gone on to do fantastic things but not only those girls the girls that have still carried on with the game uh, maybe not at the top end, but they've gone back to where they've come from or wherever their next part of their life is and they've still carried on playing with the game. I think I've tried really hard to make that as professional as p- possible and I'd really love to go and do that across in the men's game now, which is already a professional setup. Um, and then I suppose a, a massive long-term goal, which I'm not sure how long it would take me to get there, but be a national coach, so be part of a national coaching setup and eventually be a head coach of a national a national setup. Um, they're my kind of coaching goals right now. So, yeah, yeah. So, well, <laughs> knowing you as knowing you as I do, LJ, you, you've been a, you're a phenomenal coach, and I, I think you've got a massive, massive future ahead of you. And really look forward to where you're going to go at the wall. You've you've given us some great points um, to take away there um, from your coaching coaching life. I just want to ask you one final question for me: Is it has there ever been like a light bulb moment to you where you suddenly thought, "Oh my god"? And in your coaching career, where you suddenly it changed how you thought and delivered things, have you, have you ever experienced um, that? Yeah, I think I, I think I experience it most weeks in our environment. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, crikey, yeah, um, yeah, I think so. I think I suppose as I've become older, so my life experience is very. Um, this is very out there, I suppose going to go a bit deep but yeah my life experiences have really made me um well they've been light bulb moments because you know as a youngster I never I had things happen to me in my my early 20s that made me think now as a late getting into my later 30s I've been like oh why did I let that happen if only I'd been stronger or if only I'd have um really believed in what I wanted to achieve and just forgot about everybody else and got on with it and I suppose that for me as I've got older they've been light bulb moments when I'm working with an athlete and they've sat there maybe giving me their story telling me telling me how they're feeling at that moment in time and I can see what they have to give and I'm sat there and I'm trying so hard for them to see what they have to give and how irrelevant whatever is going on on that outside is and I think they are massive light bulb moments for me working with that individual and getting them to actually switch and be like, do you know what? Actually, yeah, you're right. I'm just going to carry on. And then it may be a long way down the line, but them achieving something really, really important to them. And I know it's important to them because I've had that um, that uh, opportunity to see insight into what it is they want to achieve. So I suppose those light bulb ma- moments happen all the time for me because I see a little bit of maybe what I let happen to me sat in front of me a lot. And I think don't, don't let that take you off your path you know your path will be very different 
um, to the person sat next to you. But ultimately, you can achieve whatever you want if you put your mind to it. Um, and no one really probably said that to me when I was younger. So, um, yeah, that's probably light bulb moments all the time. That's great advice. <laughs> but yeah, we- you're, honestly, LJ, you're, you're, you're a real inspiration to so many. And um, like I said earlier, I can't wait to see your coaching journey. It's, you're going to go. I'm sure you're going to go all the way. I can see it happening. Um, so, you know, many, many thanks to you. Um, and like I said, I'm going to take away some of those points myself. Um, and if if you guys want to hear more, please just visit rugbycoachweekly.net and click on the podcast button to visit and visit the women's section there too. Thanks again, LJ. You've been really inspirational. It's great to have such insight from you thanks everybody for listening hey and look forward to catching up with you all soon thank you